Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong and if it's your first time here, hi, we're so happy that you're listening and we hope you get a lot out of the lesson today. If this is not your first time, welcome. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. We are still in Joshua and Joshua's story is just getting started. It is so exciting. Uh, Thank you for listening, and thank you, if you're coming back, thank you for coming back. So, we'll be starting in Joshua chapter 5. Okay, so let's get going. Joshua chapter 5. Now, when all the Amorite kings of the west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over. Their their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives, knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gilbeth Harala, and this is why he did so. All of those who came out of Egypt, all of the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way to, after they left Egypt. All the people came out that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about the wilderness for 40 years, until all of the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors, the land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On that evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped in Gilgal, on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that and that very day, they ate some produce from the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate the food from the land. There was no longer any manna manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Now 
when Joshua was, was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does the Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with this king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all your armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around, march around the city seven times while the priests are blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, and everyone straight in. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to him, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance march around the city with armed guards ahead of the ark of the lord when joshua had spoken to the people the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the lord went forward blowing their trumpets in the ark of the lord ark of the lord's covenant followed them the armed guards marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. At this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a, wor a word, word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, and the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord, seven priests carrying seven trumpets, went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing their trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp they did this for six days and on the seventh day they got up at daybreak marched around the city seven times in the same manner except that on that day they circled the city seven times and on the seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast joshua commanded the army to shout for the lord has given them has given you the city and the city and all that is in it are devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were in her house were spare, shall be spared. 
because she hid the spies they had sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you may make camp of Israel, you will make the camp of Israel liable to the destruction and bringing trouble on it. All of the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded and the army shouted and the sound of at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave the loud shout, the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. Man, woman, young, old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who spied on the land, Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young, the young men who had done the spying went and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, her brothers, her sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought her, bought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies into Jericho. She lives along with the Israelites to this day. At that point in time, Joshua pronounced a solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild the city of Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn child, he will lay the foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up gates. So the Lord said to Joshua, the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. So, now the Israelites have finally got to Canaan. They're finally in the land of milk and honey. And uh, they, they're there, but they haven't completely taken over the land yet. There's still other kings and things like, you know, the very beginning it was talking about the, the Amorites and uh, the Canaanites that they, they were scared when they saw the Israelites and especially when they heard about them crossing over the Jordan on dry, on dry land. They knew that God was with them. And it said they did not have the courage to fight the Israelites or to face them. And you, you still have to remember, this is not a small group of people. This is a large nation, probably, probably a million or two people. At least, you know, and they're traveling all together and they come up in your land and you're like, oh, then you hear about them crossing over the 
Jordan River and you're like, oh, never mind. You know, that's what they're like. I'm not going to deal with that today. Uh, and so they didn't have, I put that fear in them. They didn't even have the courage to fight them. And they go right up and they camp and they camp outside the biggest city, Jericho. The army of God or the army of the Israelites at this time, it was a pretty big army and they might have been able to take Jericho, but God said, I have another way. And first he had all of the males circumcised and making sure that they are following the rules, following God's plan. They want to make sure that all of the reproach of Egypt was gone, right? And then the Israelites recovered after some days, and Joshua leads them towards Jericho. And then God sends this angel, the, the leader of the army of God, which, of course, we can assume is Michael. And he tells him, look, you're not going to fight. This is what you're going to do. And Joshua follows the command to the T, right? He tells him, have the priest carry the ark around the city for seventh day, for seven days. Have seven priests with trumpets made of ram's horns. And have the fighting men, the armored, the armed men go in front and behind the the Ark of the Covenant. And you're just going to walk around this rather large city once, right? And blow the horns. And then you're going to go back. And you're going to do this for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to go around seven times. And when they blow the horn on the last time, give a loud shout, and the giant walls of Jericho will come tumbling down. The only part that remained intact was the part that contained Rahab's house. And this was a promise given to Rahab from the spies that she hid in her house that we learned about a couple of weeks ago. And her and everybody in her house were saved. And can you imagine, <laughs> like, Rahab and her husband and her family and everybody inside of her house, inside the walls, sitting there, like, just, I hope they were right. I hope they kept their promise, you know. And then everything falls down and their little house is still standing what an amazing thing what an amazing miracle for Rahab and her family to see to prove that the Israelites God is the real God is the only God and 
Rahab and her family did come in and, and live outside of the rest of the Israelite camp. But to see that miracle from the inside, you know they heard everything crushing around them and they were probably terrified. But they were saved. You know? It's a wonderful thing to think of just this one promise and it changed all of these lives. But as I was studying this this morning and as I was like thinking about it, I was really thinking about like every time I've taught this to children, to teenagers, even adults, I've always talked about the importance of obedience. Joshua was obedient, right? And that is extremely important. Joshua did exactly what God told him to do. And in doing so, they were very victorious. And then it hit me this morning, an important key to a victorious Christian is the necessity of learning to shout. Not after the walls came down. Not after the walls of difficulty in your life, the, the struggles, the trials, the tribulations, everything that's happened to you, health and, and family and difficulties with jobs and finances and things. Learning to shout before they calm down. And I was raised Baptist, right? And I'm still Baptist, still go to a Baptist church, but I consider myself a little bit more, and they joke about it with me and my son as being Baptocostal. <laughs> because I am not afraid to shout. I am not afraid to say woohoo you know I mean we get so excited at football games at sporting events at different things and we're shouting and we're cheering but on Sundays or Wednesdays we're in church and it's like everybody sucked on a persimmon before they came uh, and if you've ever sucked on a persimmon you know it kind of like draws up your mouth it's like sucking on a lemon but on steroids uh, because it is so sour and but and I'm like why not shout praise right God is worthy of our praise even if we are facing difficulties even more so because we don't know what he's doing behind the scenes he was waiting for the children of Israel to shout to bring down those balls. Is he waiting for you to shout to bring down a wall? My family, including my son and husband, have made fun of me and people at church and different things. Uh, some of the older churches that I went to, not so much at the church I'm going to now. There are times when... I'll be listening to a praise song and it just get me. And 
I'll throw my hands up in the air and run around in circles and dance around and sing this praise song because it reminds me of how wonderful God is. No matter what you're going through, no matter what walls are stopping you from what you see as your destination, stop and praise for a minute. Just see. Maybe God's waiting for you to shout. You know, I did a study one time in Acts, and I love it, and I may do it again just because. <laughs> but when they were singing praises to God, and and they were all in one accord, the building shook. And I wrote a little blog about it one time, and, and about when was the last time you were shook, right? When was the last time you were praising God and just worshiping God in the most pure sense? You felt the Holy Spirit move to the point of you were shook. It's happened to me a few times in my life, but, and this is what is important, I think. Even Job. All of the bad things that happened to Job, one right after the other, in the matter of minutes, just bam, 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 bam. And he stopped and he praised God. He didn't stop and pray and say, God, please help me. I'm in this situation. Everything bad is happening. No, he praised God. When was the last time that you were in the midst of something or facing a wall, so to speak, and you stopped and you just spent time praising the Lord? Not asking for anything, not begging for a blessing, but just giving him the praise that he deserves. Giving him the praise that he is worthy of. I love the song, Count Your Blessings. And sometimes in the hardest times, fighting the hardest trials or facing the thickest walls, that's what I have to do in the morning. Get out of bed sometimes is to lay there and count the blessings that God has given to me. Because then when I'm done, I'm out of bed, I'm doing things, and I'm still like, things are coming up in my head. Thank you, God, for this and that. And it really changes my outlook when you start the day praising God. And I just believe if you need deliverance from the power of Satan, and you're praying, and you're praying, try to shout some praise. Get shook. Things happen when people praise God. God moves in people's lives. Show him that you're not just asking for help. You're giving him the honor he deserves. You're giving him the praise he deserves. 
just reminds me of a set of verses in Isaiah, or Isaiah 61, I think it's 1 and 3. Uh, he has sent to, sent to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to, to, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness. He wants us to rely on him and to praise him. Now, uh, a few years ago, I was at church camp with a lady, uh, well, we were with a group of kids, but uh, me and this other lady at church camp uh, from our church were sitting and we were talking and talking about she had a grandson that was in and out of prison and, and he was trying to do right. He was trying to get himself he was in a halfway house. He needed a place to stay. There was a lot of problems in the family because nobody wanted to keep this. Nobody wanted to be the one that housed this guy because he may lapse again and go back to doing the same things that he was doing before. And she, she wanted to take him in. And her, the rest of the family was like, why are you doing that? You know, all of these things that even the boy's dad got mad at them because they were going to take him in. And it, it's causing problems. And But she believed in the boy. She believed that if she could get him to church, if she could show him the Christian way, if she could introduce him to Jesus, it would change his life get saved and, and go a different path but it was so hard for her and we cried a lot and we talked about it when I got home from that church camp I was studying in my Bible and I came across two verses and immediately it struck me as I need to share this with this woman and I did and then ended up writing a Bible study about it for our ladies group. But this verse is Psalms 126, 5 and 6. Those, those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. So what it's saying is people who continue to work, continue to do God's plan, continue to follow God, be obedient, continue what they're doing for the Lord, even though there are tears. There will come a time when you will reap joyful shouting. 
when you go out and you sow seeds, even though there are bad things happening in your life, there will be a time when you will shout for joy. And bringing his sheaves with him means that the plant has harvested. So he harvests, he shouts with joy, harvesting, bringing in the harvest from the seeds that he has planted. This affected me then uh, really well. It, it just reminded me of things and uh, about before this happened, about four years before this happened with this other lady at church camp, I went, was pregnant with twins and I had a miscarriage. And it was tough. It was tough on my whole family. But I still got up and I still worked for the Lord. I still did everything that I was supposed to do or that I had promised to do. And many times, I was in tears doing it. I remember me and my husband got to church at like 7 every Sunday to make coffee and to turn on the air conditioners or the heaters and turn on the lights and unlock the door. And uh, we also ran the sound and the projection screen. And so I would go in there and printed the bulletins and folded the bulletins and put them out. And then, you know, I would do the projection and... Uh, set up the projection screen and make sure all the songs and everything were in there and all the announcements and there were many Sundays that I was sitting in there with praise music playing while I'm working on the computer barely being able to see the screen because I was crying and I continued to work and then after a while, the Lord just blessed and blessed and gave me passions for things. And I experienced like joyful shouting and just reaping the, the benefits or reaping for God's kingdom joy. And the just seeing effects that little things that we had done had changed. And one of the things that came out of that was my love for vacation Bible school and teaching children. Before that, I worked with teenagers and I didn't work with kids a lot. But after that, I got this passion and desire to, to teach the children and to to make VBSs that taught the children how wonderful God is and what he can do for you and teach the children to sing and to to worship God and if you've ever been to a good VBS then you have heard shouts of joy <laughs> I would tell you that uh, you reap those shouts of joy in the faces of the children, in the, the children that come up years later and tell you stories that you taught them in VBS or talk about a VBS that they went to and how they learned this or that or that song that they learned at VBS. 
and you realize those little seeds, that little seed of one week out of the year, it's, it's growing. And you will reap shouts of joy. So don't be discouraged by the walls you come up against. Have faith. Keep praying. And sing in praise to the Lord. Shout in praises to the Lord. Give it your all. When you shout, you're not just like phoning it in. You have to shout from the gut. You have to get people's attention. All right? So shout and sing and just raise your hands and holy, you know, holy reverence to the Lord and have moments with God where you are just giving him everything. Doesn't mean the walls are going to fall down tomorrow. But it does mean that God has recognized. God, God sees you. God knows you. And he may be waiting. He may be waiting for that shout. He may be waiting. So this week, spend some time praising. You can still have prayer requests. You can still pray with prayer requests. But don't, don't make that your whole prayer life. Praise the Lord. Spend some time just shouting praises. And if if you need to, send me a message. I'm on Facebook. Or, you know, I have a website. Send me a message. I will pray for you. I will shout for you. I, I'm not I'm not ashamed. And I will sometimes maybe look like a fool, but I don't care because I love my Lord. I love Jesus, I love God, and I love that even though I'm crazy, even though I'm, like, completely off the wall sometimes, they know that when I'm praising them, it's coming from the heart. So, as always, be good to yourselves and others, and smile, because God loves you, and so do I. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your week. We'll come back next time and see what happens next with Joshua. Hey, bye.